The following is brought to you by Braided Media. Welcome to Empowered in My Skin podcast series, Thriving Across Generations. A generation gap is commonly perceived to refer to differences between generations that cause conflict and complicate communication, creating a gap. However, at Empowered in My Skin, we believe that differences between generations can provide great insight, wisdom, and be positive and empowering. A big part of why we are doing this series is to amplify the fact that when we seek to understand and communicate with one another, we find more common ground than we likely thought existed. We are more alike than we are different through our experiences. We trust that you will enjoy this five-part series. So sit back, relax, and enjoy energy with our guests, Thriving Across Generations. And remember, if you like this podcast, if you enjoy this episode, subscribe, like, and share it within your network. Great day, amazing humans. Yes, welcome to what is sadly the last panel of our Thriving Across Generations series. Oh my God, it has been a whirlwind of fun. And let me tell you something, today is going to be no different. Obviously, this intro is before we have the panel discussion, but I know the four humans that we've brought in today are going to wow you as we talk about fun, entertainment, and travel. And so Gabby is going to introduce our amazing, amazing, amazing panel of guests. Off you go, girl. Thank you, Ketchy and Trisha, our executive producer. We are so excited to have everyone today. With us today, we have a Gen X, Donna Perry. We have a millennial, Valerie. We have Ray, who's also a Gen, uh, who is a Gen Z. And we have Akosua, who is a Gen Z as well. So we've got a wonderful panelist today, and I think we're going to jump right into the intro. Yes, we are. And so I'm going to start off with a question that I really just want you to feel in the moment and let me know. So right now, full transparency, everybody, it is around 3 p.m. today uh, as we record this episode. And I want to know, what is the most empowering thought that you've had today so far. And we'll start with Donna. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I just, this morning was like, just, just reflecting on the Olympic games. And I was just, I'm just blown away by the resiliency and grit of the athletes and their performance. And so that was my empowering thought was just like, wow, people are, humans are incredible. Like they just have this amazing ability to overcome adversity and to be able to aspire and inspire other people. And uh, I just think it's so fantastic, all the athletes that have gone and gotten through all the COVID restrictions and, you know, traveled <laughs> to Tokyo and been able to compete at the level that they have. And so, yeah, my empowering word is probably grit. Ooh, I love that. I love the empowering word concept. I yes. got that. And Valerie, you're next. What's your most empowering thought so far today? Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that, Donna. I might have to go in the same vein. So this morning I took part of a uh, women's meditation and sharing circle, and we talked about self-compassion. So the more that we are in tune with ourselves, the more capable we are of helping others. Mm. Everyone in the group, and I'm sure here as well, are very giving people. So it's very important that we also receive and give ourselves the same self-compassion that we freely give to others. I love that. 
Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Rihanna, most empowering thought. Uh, most empowering thought I've had today is actually stemming from um, a conversation I had with a few of my friends uh, this morning um, who they, they got some good news on their side of career wise uh, after some long, hard fighting. So that was great to great to see on their end. So with that, um, I guess if I'm following in your footsteps, Donna, with that empowering word, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll go with keeping up with the fight um, and just being um, consistent and disciplined in, in what they're doing. I love that. I love that. And my niece, <laughs> Akosla, what's your most empowering thought of the day? Other than I love my auntie. <laughs> Obviously, that's the first one, definitely. <laughs> Uh, but I think my other one would have to be I'm moving cities uh, in a couple of months, actually. So I think I get a lot of stress thinking about, oh, going to be in a new place. But I think this morning I was doing some packing and getting ready for that. And I just kind of thought I can do this. You know, mm. it's something that if I put my mind to, I'll be able to succeed. So I yes. would say that's definitely mine. And she's coming to my city. just know i got you girl i got you got you. Thank you. And uh, so now Gabby's just going to warm me up a little bit more. Yes, we've got what we call rapid thrivers. We're going to ask everybody a quick question. Everybody gets a different question and you answer it with a quick answer. All right. Are we ready? Rapid fire questions coming up. All right. And so we'll do it in the order of we'll start with our Gen Z's and then we'll go to Valerie, our millennial, and then we'll go to Donna, our Gen X. Okay. So that means we're going to start with Akosua. Sounds good. Ready? Yes. Talking or texting? Texting. Cool. Ray, cooking or takeout? Cooking. Cool. Valerie, plane, train, or drive? Plane. Cool. <laughs> Likes to fly. Donna, climb a mountain or jump from an airplane? I'm a mountain. Oh. Ah, I like that. <laughs> I love it too. And Akosu, I'm curious to know for a baby boomer in your life, a parent, an older aunt, uncle, grandparent, do you think that they would prefer an Android or an iPhone? <laughs> I think iPhones. My grandparents both have iPhones, so I think oh. that's what they're kind of getting used to. But yeah. Oh, good to know. That was fun. Well done, everyone. Well done. I love that. I love that. And so we're going to go right into the first question. And, you know, I'm going to start with Valerie only because her answer kind of, you know, is a great lead in. So considering that you chose plane, I want to know the first trip you ever took growing up. Uh, I think it was with my parents and uncle and grandparents when I was maybe two years old to Florida. I don't remember it because I was really young, but there are photos to prove it. <laughs> and have you been back since? Yeah. I have, but it's been since 2003. Okay. Okay. So you would have mm-hmm. been how old then? I was in high school. So, and I went again when I was six years old and then not again until I was 16 years old. And I am just curious, yeah. did you like, considering that you went like, cause I trapped my first trip when I took was two as well. Um, so I've had Ooh. to ask my parents mm-hmm. what the trip was like, you know, and why, you know, why we went, they took us, they took me and my brother would have been six. They took us to Nigeria. So have mm-hmm. you inquired as to what the trip was like, what you were like, what kind of baby you were on the trip? Uh, Yes. So my mom actually told me that I cried a lot. Uh, I was two years old. I guess it was too hot and I cried a lot. Yeah. Don't like the heat. I I love it. 
Kusi. Oh, Koswa. Sorry. A Koswa. <laughs> okay. What was your, what's your favorite? What's your first trip that you ever took? My first trip probably would have been like a short trip to Toronto or Montreal, but my first international, I think, was Mexico. I had to ask my parents, too. I was like, oh, I don't remember where to go. And they said they took us to Mexico because um, they had a kids club. So my parents got to go to the resort and hang out, and they just dumped me off in the morning and did their thing. Oh. I said, that's you're able to find out. Yeah, exactly. And they didn't worry about you for the whole trip. They just said, no, yeah, you're fine. Suntan and drinking, it's fine. <laughs> I love it. Donna, your first, uh, well, you know what, well, let's do that. International, your first international trip. International trip was uh, to Jamaica. So my mom's born and raised there, um, family of 13. So we have a massive family in Jamaica. So it was the first time that she took all of us back. I have um, four brothers, three brothers, but um, it was two at the time. And uh, yeah, it was a wonderful trip. I remember it because I was five years old. And I, there's lots of photos that I can look back on as well. And it was just a really great family trip. We traveled all over the island. I remember driving on those like really big hills and <laughs> like the one scary. one lane up one lane down <laughs> yeah, yeah the honking of the horn you know to make sure that you know you're passing safely and um yeah just lots of beach time and visits and visits with family and yeah it was incredible I remember it really well love it my husband's actually from Jamaica oh, lovely. and and Ray you yep um, so on, I guess I, I've traveled a lot, I guess for someone m- my age. Um, so I've been very fortunate that way. Um, my first trip, I was six months. Um, and I was my brother born yet. No, no. So I was just me. I was six months. Um, and we went to Myrtle beach and it was my parents, myself, and then, uh, their close friends and, and their kid who was the same age as, as I was. And apparently I was great, uh, but I just slept the whole way because we drove and the other kid was a disaster. <laughs> um, so I always remember, like, if I mention, like, Myrtle Beach because we've been back before, my mom will, will always be like, oh, my gosh, I remember. Like, you were fine, but <laughs> it was always a whole thing. Um, but, yeah, no, that, that was my first trip. Wow, six months. So we've had six months. We've had two months. We've had five, and we've had Kusi. Uh, Kusi, you're how old when you when? That's you, a good question. You I didn't ask. I, you didn't I, ask them I, that. I, but I you, you went pretty young. That they had to drop you off at, for, at the kids like club. Two. I think I was two. <laughs> you were two. Okay, and uh, and so Trisha, just curious, um, learn a little bit about you today. Do you know what your first trip was? Yeah, it would have been to Canada. I was born in Jamaica, so I came here at the age of mm. five. To Labrador, and it was Labrador. in Labrador. Yes, Labrador. And uh, my aunt, who is living in Vermont, Quebec, because that's where we stayed first, they had to bring us winter clothes because we obviously, where you buy winter clothes in Jamaica? Canada. <laughs> 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 uh, so that was my, my first international trip. And um, as an adult, I guess it would have been to. Um, not including Jamaica because we went back often. Uh, India would have been my my first, yeah, my first international international trip. adult trip. I love that. I love that. Over to you, Gab. The my first trip was uh, Rome, Italy, uh, when I was younger, maybe three, four years old. And what really is standing out in my mind is if anyone's ever been there, there's pigeons everywhere. 
Okay, like these pigeons are at St. Marco's Square, and they're like, they, you put your hand like this, and then they fly, and they're just like every, they're all over the ground. And so that is my, that, that, that is the image that I have in my mind is pigeons everywhere, but it was very memorable. You know, pigeons. What about you? I did. I said, I said, uh, oh. yeah, yeah, Nigeria, Nigeria at that the age one. of two. Yeah, I don't yes. remember that one. I remember other ones, but not that one. Uh, um, yeah. That's so nice. Yeah, it and, is you know, nice. On still the spirit of fun and entertainment, I would love to know, let's start with Ray. When we talk about family and friend outings from when you were really young versus now, how, do they, how does it differ? Does it even differ? Has anything even changed from then till now? Um, that's a great question. Honestly, drastically it differs um, because – my brother and I grew up as athletes, so anything, friends and family were very much intertwined, um, and everyone just became family. Mm. So when it, when you, when it, that comes, you know, if, if you're having a barbecue with your family, so is the rest of the, the 17 other boys mm. and girls on your team are coming over too. Um, so that's, that's really much a big thing. You know, you end up taking trips, go to cottages, um, with friends and family and everyone, everyone's in there. Um, I remember one time um, uh, my brother had a hockey tournament and we all went, not just my brother, myself and my, my parents, but my grandmother came, my uncle came. And then we, we all <laughs> partied together with, with all the teams and everything. Um, and then now today, now that we're both retired athletes, you know, you, we definitely don't see that anymore. Um, so it's more, you know, smaller groups, uh, close to, to our household and, you know, absent COVID, uh, the rest of the family. Um, but yeah, definitely gone to a smaller group now. Wow. I find it fascinating that a Gen Z has said she's a retired athlete. Like that's just phenomenal to hear. I'd like to hear from the other Gen Z, which is a Kosua. What about you? Has, have things differed from when you had out, outings when you were younger versus today? I would say very similar to you, Ray. Like that was kind of my experience as well. Um, when I was younger, it used to be mostly like family gatherings. So my parents, friends and their kids, we would all kind of hang out. And then when I got older and they were still a bit younger than me, it was more like, oh, I don't really want to go hang out with the kids today, <laughs> which kind of changed it a bit. And that's natural. But I also like I played soccer growing up. So when I stopped playing soccer competitively and I didn't have that kind of constant interaction with my teammates and their families, it was very like, it was very odd mm-hmm. to kind of go and be like, Oh, like, what am I supposed to do now? Who do I hang out with now? So I totally understand that. Like, Oh, this kind of weird, like your family and your friend dynamics shift completely when you stop playing sports or mm-hmm. when you leave school, like instead of having seeing your same group of people every day, it's totally different. And then you have to learn how to um, readjust to that kind of in your adult life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a that really is- good insight. Yeah, that is very good insight. And again, I'm just so impressed from someone in a younger generation. You know, it's interesting. Now, when we take a look at someone like Valerie, who's a millennial, what about you, Valerie? What did family and friend outings look like for you when you were younger as a teenager versus now? Uh, well, now, you know, aside from COVID, it has remained the same since we're young. I have a big family. Both my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family are both uh, in the greater Toronto area. So growing up is, you know, large family gatherings. My mom is one of eight siblings. And then my dad, uh, he's like one of seven. So really big families, aunties, uncles, cousins. And um, sometimes we would even go down to the U.S. and visit our family there and have bigger family reunions for the summer. So that was really memorable to be memorable 
for me growing up, uh, always taking family trips like to Wasaga Beach, Salba Beach, and um, other outings around uh, the city or the greater Toronto area or farms. And uh, it still remained the same, even though all the kids are grown up now. Ah, that mm-hmm. is really interesting. I'm seeing a thread here of, of family. Now, I happen to know Donna, and I know her her eclectic background. It's really impressive. So, Donna, I'm curious to know about you, uh, family and friend outings. What did it look like back then versus now? Yeah, so I grew up in a really small town in Oshawa. You guys are probably familiar with it, Oshawa, Ontario. And <laughs> Um, <laughs> we, we didn't have any of our immediate family close by, so we drive to Oakville or Mississauga and have family gatherings with my dad's side of the family. And so we grew up like barbecues, you know, backyard barbecues and Christmas gatherings, Thanksgiving. We would always go and visit that family and spend quite a bit of time with them. So that was that was kind of our and then if we had to travel it was like okay we're traveling to Jamaica or we're traveling overseas to Europe um, you know England Ireland to visit my family there so it was always kind of you know a lot of um, travel (laughs) to visit family and then my friends my my outings I had really close close friends growing up so it was like knock on the door and out we went and you know as a teenager it was pretty cool because like we had so many adventures and just explored so much and I was very fortunate because I grew up with um, brothers that you know were allowed to go and do and so my parents were a little more lenient (laughs) when Mm. I came along so I, you know, lots of outdoor activities with friends. We had so many friends in the neighborhood because we lived in the same house for 25 years. So, yes, yeah, an experience as a child growing up. Yeah, and now it's different. Like, I mean, although I will say that Julian, my son, uh, he is very similar to me. Like, he will go outside and he will call on friends. A lot of his friends still like to do the online activities and all that kind of stuff, you know, playing video games, but he loves to be outdoors. So he will go bike ride with his friends. He'll, you know, and I think that's probably my influence. I'm like, just please just get outside. <laughs> just mm-hmm. go enjoy, right? And I just trust that we're in a good community, right? Yeah, I think um, it's funny. You brought up a lot of memories Donna and I you know if I had to sort of think about how things have changed two fronts one is that hung out with my friends and my family well more outdoors doing activities staying active um, more so than than I find we do now now a lot of a lot of activities are around food right like you know um, or indoor stuff like going to movies and whatnot I found that we found a way to find entertainment and fun Mm -hmm externally outside and keeping ourselves active and the other thing i do realize is like to actually go and and like now to i mean akosa would know this she lives in ottawa i live here my parents live in in montreal like to to do things together as an assembly even with friends like i i had so many friends that were international students some live in washington some live over here like now it's more so converging like finding that common ground where everyone's going to kind of converge to and reunite. So I find more reunions are happening now, more so than just, you know, up and go and and this, any others, a lot more reunions take place in my life with family members, like, you know, and friends even like saying, Oh my God, we haven't hung out together. When are we getting get together? And everyone's coming in from all these different places to converge, um, to party and hang out. 
Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you've all said this whole piece about family and going outside more then than now. I grew up in a very small town in northern Manitoba, Thompson, Manitoba, and we had snow like nine months of the year. But for us, getting together and activities meant building snowmen and sliding, you know, and tubing and snowshoeing and things like that. And I just, I don't think I've ever built a snowman with my friends here. And I don't know if my kids Mm. have ever either, Mm. but why not? Mm -hmm. You know, like I used to do that when I was a kid. And so it has definitely evolved for sure. Mm -hmm. For definitely. I have something on that note, actually. I totally understand that. Like you do it, you think about playing in the snow or playing outside. I remember when I was a kid, like I grew up with a, a park right next to my house, a forest right next to my house. I used to play in there all the time. And now I see it happening a lot less. And I think part of it is, yeah, like technology is increasing and Mm -hmm. people go outside and play in that way. But I also think, uh, I know in my neighborhood, the amount of forests that have just like disappeared Mm, over 10 years is ridiculous. So it's almost like, where are they going to go to play? But on the aspect of the snow thing, I remember (laughs) I built a snowman by myself this past (laughs) winter because I was like, you know what? There's a whole bunch of snow. I'm going to do it. I took a picture of it and I was like, oh, this is like, it's almost kind of sad. Like it was just me. My (laughs) sister was away at university and I was out there with like the picture. My mom's recording me from the window and I was like, oh, this is kind of dystopian. It was really fun. And you know, like you just kind of times you have to do it yourself. And I have pictures of me and my friends doing grade 12. Like it doesn't necessarily always stop when you hit a certain age, which I find fun. I love that. I love that. I'm going to have to try a snowman now, you, now this year. Like, I'm gonna, yeah. yeah. That also, too, because I'm from Ontario. And so, uh, like you, Gabby, just used to snow, right? Like, yeah. snow. And so when I moved to BC and then raising my son, like, I was, like, just so excited to see snow because, right, BC doesn't have snow as much. So we'd be like, let's get outside. So we build snowmen together. We climb mountains. Nice. We're skating. Uh, just because it was like that's what reminded me of my childhood mm-hmm. was that's yeah. all we did and so I wanted to share that with Julian mm-hmm. so yeah it's really cool that's cool because that you did that <laughs> yeah <laughs> wonderful I think um, along the same lines of fun um, I want to I want to flip to what are some games you played uh, when you were younger and how do these actually different differ from the current generation. And I would like uh, Ray to, to go first. Um, I would say, well, I guess it depends who the group I'm, I'm talking about. Like if you're talking about m- with my family, for instance, mm-hmm. um, like board games were like massive in my house. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, yeah, like I don't even know. Like it, it almost got too personal. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Which one? Which one? Um, like, I, I wouldn't say we're one of those households where Monopoly is banned, but let's just say there's certain games we don't play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's definitely that. And, like, I, I actually, COVID has probably been the best case for me in terms of, of bringing board games back mm. because I think before then, I didn't even know that I still owned any board games. Um, but with COVID, we're like, hey, like, we need something to do. So um, that naturally came back. And it is honestly just so nostalgic um, and so great to bring back. And then, like, with my friends, um, game-wise, it, sports were the biggest thing. Like, um, just actually, Donna, you reminded me of this when you were talking about um, 
how like you could just like your friends would just knock on your door um, when you were younger. And that was exactly my childhood. Like as soon as you looked outside, you see one kid playing on the street, everyone from the neighborhood is coming yeah. down. Um, so that was, that was really, really fun. Like whether it's basketball, street hockey, whatever. Um, and then you grew up and then like, you know, you just stop. Um, so I don't even know what we do other than (laughs) (laughs) together. It's, it's very much eating. Um, yeah, that, that's really it. If there's no food involved, it it has to be school related. Weird, right? Um, Isn't that weird? But even with that, even with school, there's still food. So it's food related. (laughs) You you know, and it's so interesting about that because like maybe that's an after, after Trisha takes us around the, the, the world on this one, but the generations on this one. But like, for example, I just want to pull up that food thing. Like, why has it become so societal? Like, it's almost like it's very, it's very much about our culture. Because I know, like, as a competitor, as an athlete, I'm and the the sport that I do is very um, disciplined around food. And I know that my friends and my family have found that very difficult to figure out. Like, well, mm-hmm. what are we going to do if all you can eat is chicken breast and rice, right? Like, <laughs> and like what, what, what other, what, what, like now we're just so restricted. Like there's nothing, like, <laughs> you know, it's like we've forgotten how to expand our fun beyond food. food. <laughs> and I don't know what it is. Anyway, Trisha, over to you. Sorry. No problem. No problem. Donna, love to hear, hear, hear your thoughts. What are some games you played when you were younger? Yeah, how so, does it differ from current generation? Yeah, currently, yeah, I would I would agree with Ray. Like we were a board game family, so Monopoly and Scrabble. Uh, Scrabble got very competitive in our household, <laughs> <laughs> so it was. Yeah, my brothers weren't always the fairest either. So we actually caught my youngest brother in the bathroom with the dictionary once. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had to we had to keep really close eye on him after that so we just grew up with a really competitive family um my outdoor games were like a lot of like double dutch we'd play mm. manhunt we play hide and seek we go and like there was a creek that was behind our house so we go and like play in the creek and you know just find clay and make like molds and stuff like that and it was just like our childhood was so wonderful because we had a mm-hmm. huge backyard and we had so much like we were out Outdoor on the outdoors on the ice, ice rink like all the time um my brothers all played hockey I played ring at so it was just like it was like a winter wonderland in in Ontario and that was that was fabulous and then also the summers were so warm right so we had neighbors who had an outdoor pool and so I grew up with a lot of play like I was just always outdoors and um you know, now as an adult, I'm still the same way. I love to play. So I go out, I mountain bike, I downhill mountain bike, I cycle, I hike mountains, I I get my son out as involved as I possibly can, just because I feel like we should, we should still play as adults. Mm-hmm. And I think it probably has a lot to do with my kinesiology background and movement science. But I just like, as much as I work with athletes, and it's very, like you were saying, restricted, um, you know, I, I just, I still like, I still think that we have to have the play and mm-hmm. the fun and the excitement of mm-hmm. outdoors. Yeah. And also maybe living in BC too, it's a little bit easier because our weather is a bit more conducive to that. So, and, and the environment with the mountains and the, the rivers and the, and all that stuff, but <laughs> I still love to play. <laughs> That's great. We all should just always keep playing mm-hmm. in our lives. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Valerie, from the millennial perspective, what about you? Um, growing up, um, I remember our, my cousins and I, like, we were kind of each other's, like, main friends group. So, and we all lived in, like, the Etobicoke area. So, you know, we would spend time at, like, my grandparents' house. And we would have, like, bikes and trikes in the garage. So we would take those out and, you know, ride them around the backyard. Uh, I remember we got out into mischief as well. Uh, I remember there was a time there was a big wasp hive on the garage and for some reason my cousins and I thought it would be a fun idea to throw some stones at it. <laughs> so we threw a couple stones at it, didn't think anything would happen and uh, well voila, we hit the, the wasp hive on the target and in a blink of an eye a huge swarm of wasps came and we just ran for it <laughs> my grandmother was watching us the whole time while she's washing the dishes in the kitchen which is overlooking into the backyard and scolded us afterwards but that was probably one of the most uh, uh finest memories that my cousins and i have together this okay. uh, mischief we got into <laughs> I love awesome. that. thank you for sharing Thanks. you're welcome and uh Akosawa for the gen z's yeah, I think a lot of the games I played were very similar to all three of you, you know, out in the backyard, pickup games, skipping, things like that. I don't know if any of you remember the skip it, which was like the one thing you could erase. Oh. Like, yeah, you like put it, it's, this is going to date us, but if you put it on your ankle and it's like one long thing attached to a, a ball, oh. you swing it around. Oh. And you know, <laughs> yeah, so that was like a big thing when I was in grade three, oh I remember God. doing that. I was on a skip it team. Like it was like, oh I was like, God. I'm going to the Olympics for skip it. Was like, it really called skip like, it? I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Skip it. Skip okay. it. Yeah. yeah so that funny. was it. I, you got, you had skip it. We had skip it. Trisha, <laughs> right? You get, yeah. 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 Is that thing where you just kind of <laughs> go around? Did you, yeah. did you find it funny that a Gen Z, Gen Z said, Oh, I hope I'm not dating myself. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I got that. I, I caught <laughs> that. I would say. <laughs> Skip it. Oh my God. Skip it. (laughs) That is funny. All right. So let's talk about music quickly before we wrap up. So music there, you know, now we have Spotify, we have YouTube. How did we get music back then? How did we, how did before YouTube and before Spotify, how did we get our music? How did we listen to our music? What has changed? You know, my first, my, my first social media was, What was it called? Nap? No, was it Nap? No, was it Napster? Napster was where you oh, created Napster. an account and you had a profile. It was Napster, right? It was all around music. Ah, I just remember. So you're thinking- dating yourself. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about Napster. That's funny. So I'd love to hear from everyone, starting with Donna, our Gen X. How has music evolved? Yeah, music. So music was really big in our family. So it was always record player. Yeah. <laughs> And I remember just putting on, like, my mom had all these reggae albums. And I remember back then, too, Mary Poppins was really big. (laughs) Mary Poppins and singing and dancing. And there was just always music on in our house. My mom was very, like, into a lot of different music, too, like opera and, like, Beethoven, Tchaikovsky. So we listened to a real variety. So that was lovely. And the the record player was just awesome. Awesome. Heat it up and slow it down, and <laughs> it was just so cool. That is funny. Yeah. Did you have eight tracks as well? 
And then eight tracks came, became a thing. My dad uh, bought a big Ford station wagon and it had the first eight track that you could actually pop the eight track in to the station wagon. So we just thought that was the coolest thing as kids. We took road trips uh, down to the United States and popped in our eight tracks. That's funny. Yeah. Now I'm curious to know, do the Gen Z's on the call, do you know what an eight track is? I think I've heard of it. You've heard of it? Do you know what a, do you yeah, know what a Walkman is? Yes. Yes. Did you have Walkman? You had Walkman? No. 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 So what what was your, were you iPhone? No. What were you? What iPod? iPod. 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 Oh, iPod. iPod. Okay. That's so cool. And then Donna, did you have cassette players as well? We had cassette players. Yep. And so we had like the big cassette player, but we also had like the big, you know, like uh, stereo that you were Yeah, the big ghetto blasters. My brother had that with all of his tapes in there. Oh yeah. He just thought he was so cool with that. And and then yeah, the Walkmans, that was a big thing. And then yeah, we just and then it went to discs. Remember we had discs for a while too. And oh my now, god, in Columbia House. Oh my god, wait, you buy you buy a membership funny. for like ninety-nine cents and you get like <laughs> Valerie, I'm so curious to know how has music evolved for you being a millennial? Oh, okay. So uh, I do remember the Walkmen and then it evolved into C D Discmen. Yeah. And I remember like the uh, anti-skip function that a lot of the CD players would have because you'd have it in like your pocket and then, you know, you'd be moving around and then the CD would skip. So uh, just speaking of portable music devices, I, I remember the uh, first MP3 players, it was like, I still have one. Uh, it's like a USB key and then uh, it would have like the little digital writing when it comes up and then you'd have to like press the buttons, try to get to the next song. And yeah, so it's pretty interesting to see the evolution. And now it's like, um, just everything's on your phone now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And what about Ray? Uh, mine was, uh, so like early days, I'm like elementary school. Um, I had an MP3, then an MP4. And then when the first like iPod, like shuffle and nano came out, then everyone yeah. kind of hopped onto that. Uh-huh. And then... After that, it was just, you know, iPod Touch until that evolved to your phone. Yeah, back Uh, then, that would have been the only solution. Like, there wasn't any Android, iPhone. It was just, I I think Apple monopolized that whole market, right? Yeah. Yeah, and also it's just because, too, like, before, people didn't, I guess, didn't associate having a a smartphone as your device that you would listen to music mm-hmm. you were just looking for a device for music mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so it, it, it there was unrelated to having phone capabilities so I, that's apple they they took over the world with that yeah. that's funny Akosua, what are your views on music yeah i grew up with cds as well and kind of big stereo systems in my house my dad's a musician so that was kind of always around um and then the ipod nano came through and then the ipod shuffle which you just had to hope that something you wanted to listen to was on there you couldn't see anything you just have to click next and really just pray that the song you wanted was coming up um but then like where I got my music changed a lot it's like with time as I got older I don't know I'm thinking Ray you might know this eight tracks which is not the the machine but the website that has since perished but like people would make playlists and I remember I got a bunch of my music on there because it's supposed to be hip or hipster or whatever at the time uh but now it's like all Apple Music Spotify YouTube MP3 was a big thing when you wanted to get like the live recording, you'd have to do the whole download. So yeah. that was kind of what I was doing. 
<laughs> you know, it's it's uh, interesting. Just a little bit of a story. I was uh, um, Akoso was in town the other day, and I was dropping her off back down at the um, at the train station. And so I remember thinking in my head, okay, we're gonna you know, we're gonna have to listen to music in the car. And I decided that I was gonna allow her to be the DJ, you know, but here's the thing, like all of her music, I loved. And every question I said, is that a millennial? Like, is that a Gen Z? Like, I just wanted to like, the the music was really great. And I was thinking that this was older people, but she's like, yeah, they're maybe about 26, maybe about 27. I was like, wow, (laughs) there's a whole music generation that I'm just not familiar with. And I'm like, wow, it's crazy. Anyway, music is, uh, I'll say this though. Um, there was a lot of music that she played that I absolutely loved. And it just reinforces that music is the one language that we all speak, you know, like we, there's, there's such commonality in music, you know, and, uh, and, and love it and love, love all the memory lane items. And uh, sadly, we've been at this for 35 minutes, right? So I'm just going to start to wind this down. And, uh, and before I thank everybody here, I just I have a question I'm going to put into the space. So that, you know, we'll start off with Donna and have her answer that, and and we'll wrap up with uh, Kusi. So uh, Valerie will be second, um, Ray will be third, and then Koso you'll be uh, you'll you'll take us up out. Um, but this podcast is called Empowered in My Skin, and uh, would love to know what that means to you. So Donna, you're up. Okay, um, <clears throat> I think just being comfortable with who you are and, you know, really embracing your culture and your experiences and finding ways to be able to share that with others. So, you know, being an inspiration for others and finding ways to be able to lead and guide and, you know, just share all of our great experiences. And, you know, I've I've been in so many um, different environments and traveled so much and experienced so many different cultures. And so to be able to actually, you know, make that a part of who you are as well, and then find a way to be able to share that. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that yeah. <laughs> answers your question. Yeah, it's, it, there's no right answer. That's, that's your answer is what it means to you. Thank you. And Valerie, what does empowered in my skin mean to you? Hmm. Uh, empowered in my skin means accepting yourself as you are, embracing yourself, celebrating yourself, allowing your own light to shine, knowing that you're worthy as you are because you exist. It's not depend on if I do this and then when. It's I am worthy and standing strong in that and also inspiring others to also own and embrace their worthiness. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Ray. Um, empowered in my skin means to me, it's, it's taken what you were given, uh, be it who you are naturally, your personality, your experiences, um, those who you interact with and showing the world who you really are. Um, I think for me, it, that, that's really important to remember that you, everyone is an individual and everyone has not only a right to be seen, but mm. everyone should be proud to be seen by others. Um, so that's how that speaks to me. That's beautiful. I love that. Proud to be seen by others. Wow. Mm. That's a first. I love that. And Akoswa? 
Yeah, I would agree with what everyone said. I think it has to do with kind of being comfortable in yourself and celebrating yourself and loving things about yourself. And I think kind of on the generational kind of line of things, there are a lot of things that Gen Z does that I'm really, like I find very empowering and I'm really proud to be a part of. And I think that's like each generation has different things that should be celebrated. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge part of it as well, to be like empowered as a unit and as a group. Ooh, to be empowered yeah. as a unit and as a group. And if I can say that we are a unit, we are a group of amazing phenomenal. We happen to be all she and she and hers, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, so women um, that shared space together for 35 plus minutes who enjoyed each other's company, who, who shared lived experiences, who really demonstrated that we are more alike than we are different. And I love you. I don't, I say that all the time. I don't need to know you to love you unconditionally. I thank you so much for sharing energy on this podcast. This has been an amazing episode. Trisha, Gabby, unfortunately, this is where we have to say we're out. Bye-bye. <laughs> so there you have it. I trust you're saying to yourself, I'm fully empowered in my skin And remember, whatever platform you're listening to this on, please subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast with someone else that you feel can benefit from the empowering content that we deliver. As Tom Bilya says, when we help others think in a way that is empowering, that is the lead domino to create real change in this world. It's been fun hanging with you. It's your girl, and I'm out.